I wish I would have had this document when I became a chief or a chief officer, especially when I became a chief, but things changed a lot. So I wish I would have had something that would have given me the, the guidance to what I needed to address. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Enchanted Sky Studios in Prescott, Arizona. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategies, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again for another edition of Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. If you've ever wondered what it would be like to be a newly minted fire chief, you could find it a turbulent experience. You may think you know what it takes to run a department successfully. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But there are a million details to consider that might not even occur to you. That's why the IAFC has put out a new ebook titled, You're the Fire Chief, Now What? It's a guide for new and interim chiefs from day one to day 100 and beyond. Here to tell us what's important for a new chief to know is Al Yancey Jr. Al headed up the committee that developed the book. He's the chief of the Minooka, Illinois Fire Protection District. It's a combination department. And Al Yancey joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, you know, lots of firefighters fantasize or think about what they do if they were made chief of their department. What don't they know about the job? Well, I think when we looked at this project, we were looking at those situations where either someone's thinking about being a fire chief or they're all of a sudden now given the role of fire chief could be, uh, we use the example of, you know, on Friday you were the deputy chief and now Monday you're the chief for whatever reason came your way and felt that it was important to have some kind of guidance to guide people to think about, well, what do I do when I show up on the first day in the office and now I'm the fire chief? So what is the most common mistake new chiefs make? I don't know if we could really pinpoint a a common. I I think when we looked at this project, uh, maybe one of the more common things is a a failure to plan ahead, a failure to, to put together some type of direction and maybe more so uh, land in the position and trying to find your way around. Uh, You might kind of liken that to trying to find your way around in the darkness. As firefighters, we know how challenging it can be in a a smoke-filled room, uh, in a dark room, uh, trying to work through the situation that we have at hand. So I think when we looked at this project, we said, well, we want to give people some kind of guidance so that they're not just stumbling around in the dark, per se, that they do have some guidance on what to do. And I think when you look at what may be a common mistake is being put into that position and really 
not knowing where to go or what to do first. And when we looked at the bulk of this document, you'll see that it has a theme around planning. It has a theme around uh, putting together like a 100-day plan and how you put together those type of things so that you do have a roadmap to where you're going in your new position. Tell me about the 100-day plan or a 100-day plan. What's the idea behind it and how does it work? Well, the 100-day plan is, is, as it talks about, is putting together um, what it will look like. You hear a lot of times uh, where the the more popular reference to that is, you know, what's the governor's 100-day plan or what is the president's 100-day plan and did he meet those goals? It really is just that, putting together a plan of where you're going to go. Uh, you know, prior to starting in the position, uh, what do you need to look at? Uh, what do you need to do for a research to the position? Maybe, maybe you're coming from an outside agency into a new agency. Find out about the community. Find out about the organization. Maybe what challenges or what type of goals and initiatives they have. Uh, things like getting the strategic plan for an organization, maybe getting a copy of the budget, those kind of things, even prior to arriving. And then once you're in your position, we were introducing some ideas of a 100-day plan that has to do with first week, first month, how we get through those uh, periods of our new position, second month, third month, you know, just working into putting a plan, looking at what challenges we have. We get that by researching what are we going into and then putting out a plan that we can, whether you refer to it on a, a poster that's on your bulletin board or you have it on your computer or laying on your desk that you refer to about how am I, how am I reaching those goals on a first week, first month, second, third month as we work through that plan. And we also tied that in within our guidance to uh, something that's very familiar with firefighters, and that's the planning P. We introduced that into this document from the standpoint that a lot of firefighters and fire officers understand what the planning P is like. And they understand how to work through the planning P, putting together an initial meeting, putting together a plan that we're going to distribute out into an incident or mitigate an incident. So when we looked at this project, we said, well, firefighters are very familiar with the planning P. Let's introduce that to them. And when you go into a new position, you can also look at this and use the planning P as a, as a support, as a guidance to be able to say, well, let's plan for how what we're going to do next, and let's work our way around. We accomplish one task, let's work on the next task. And uh, similar to you know going into a new position, how do we work through and get accustomed to the job where we've been assigned? How did you guys go about putting together this book? I mean, I noticed that there was input from a lot of people. How did that come together? Initially, this was a project that you know was an idea, an idea that the IFC uh, on occasion would receive uh, phone calls and emails from people who have started new in their chief's position and saying, do you have anything to help me work through this transition? Also for people who are just being assigned as an interim chief, maybe they're not 
going to keep that position for long term. They're just interim to to fill the spot until a new chief is appointed, or or maybe they are the new chief. The IFC approached the VCOS group, and the VCOS has produced a lot of great publications through the years and put together a lot of useful tools and resources for not only volunteer and combination, but for for all the fire service. And so some of the leadership at the IFC approached the VCOS group and said, hey, we would like for you to work on this kind of project. And I guess somewhat volunteered said, well, that's something that would interest me. I would be willing to, to lead the project and put the project together and put together a committee. And so we felt it was a great opportunity to partner with the executive fire officer section of the IFC to be able to get their input from the executive fire officer. It it fits. VCOS talks about leadership and organizational structure, and, and so does the executive fire officer section, talking about executive leadership. So we partnered with them and put together an outline of, of what we thought was most important. All of us on the committee had been new in a position at some point, whether it be a new chief or new deputy chief, and we started putting together our, our thoughts. You know, what do I wish I would have known? I introduced this uh, document a couple times at, at Fire Rescue International just a couple weeks ago, and that was that's really how I felt, is that I wish I would have had this document when I became a chief or a chief officer, uh, especially when I became a chief, that things change a lot. So I wish I would have had something that would have given me the the guidance to what I needed to address. So we brought this committee together, uh, worked hard to put a plan together, and looked at uh, the concept of what would be best. And I think we produced a great document that's going to be very useful to a lot of new interim new chiefs and interim chiefs, and as you mentioned earlier, those that are thinking about becoming a chief. I'll be back with more right after this. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the hottest logo wear around. Code 3 Podcast Gear makes you look good and tells the world you're a fan. Now you can wear the Code 3 logo proudly. Just go to our website, Code3podcast.com. Click the banner and you'll be able to order an assortment of cool apparel and accessories. Thanks for supporting the podcast that supports firefighters. How are things different for someone who is a new chief, let's say intentionally, and someone who's thrust into the job as an interim? I think the the big differences could be, we talk about that a little bit in this in this document having to do with bumpy transition situations. And, and there is a, a, a chapter, a section about bumpy transition situations and where it might be, as I mentioned earlier, Friday you were the deputy chief and Whatever happened, either the chief decided that he was retiring and wasn't coming in on Monday. There was a, a change by City Hall or by uh, the government overseeing that jurisdiction. Uh, whatever the case may be, may, maybe the chief is fallen ill and now you are the chief. We talk about that and certainly the difference between interim and 
the you know you're the new chief is that you're going to have a little shorter term as an interim maybe it's a position that you are just serving interim and have no interest in in long term uh maybe maybe there's an unknown but while you're in that interim position the primary the highlights the primary goal of your position is to keep responding to emergency calls continue to keep things going hold the organization together work on improving things that may need improvement who knows what kind of things you're being handed but uh, realizing that some of the things that you implement or do could be on a short-term basis and working within that frame to say well my primary goal is to keep things together I think it would be very important to to improve on things that you can in anticipation for the next chief whether that is going to be you throwing your name in the hat to be the next chief or you know for certain that it's going to be someone else it, it would be best for that organization to hold things together and uh, shore up any shortcomings that may be occurring in the organization. So I assume then that you would not recommend that an interim chief make wholesale changes because he may be out the door in a few months or weeks. I think you got to be careful with that. I, I think there's a case-by-case situation. Again, if it's a bumpy transition, maybe the chief left the position because there were problems or perceived problems or, or whatever may occur that that might have caused that and that again we call bumpy transitions you're going to come in there i think all that you can do to improve the things that are that are lacking or the problems that are occurring that that you can improve and and look at things about you know your personnel is most important and and looking at them and saying well what do we do to to shore up any of these problems that we have to get this back on track. You know, that that certainly could be the case in, the, in a swift change at the top. Uh, we just don't know. It would be a case-by-case change. But I just don't think it would be advisable to make a bunch of policy changes and make a bunch of changes to the organization that could be unraveled within six months or so by someone else who thought, well, this wasn't the direction. I think it's vitally important to just hold the organization together and shore up any problems that are of the immediate on the other hand, there's the person who takes a job and really intends or is intended to stay in it. What can this chief do to smooth over the transition, especially if there's a faction that's not sure they wanted to see that person in the chief's role? We're all new to the new position uh, of chief. At some point in time, we had a, a nice session at FRI again, I'll reference that with uh, the Spark Zone session, a learning lab session. We had some discussion with some people who were attending there. We had a, a chief that came in from the outside, and then we had a chief who was appointed from the inside. And there definitely is that transition uh, going from buddy to boss. We hear that in the fire service a lot. There are a lot of people that providing, you know, education on how uh, how best to move from you were their buddy to now you're their boss and how do you work through those things when you move into those organizations whether you're from the outside or the inside it's important to we mentioned in the book that it's to get in there and do an internal size up see what's going on in the organization size it up see what's happening work on a briefing 
with your command staff. If you've not already done that, within the first week, you know, within the first couple of days, you need to schedule that. And that kind of works again within that command and general staff portion of the planning P that we talk about. Uh, it's important that you establish the command presence, uh, inviting all your key staff, including administrative assistance, support staff, HR people, legal staff, to be able to establish, you know, who, again, that planning P concept of who's the incident commander, who, who's overseeing this, this operation, and getting those people involved, putting together an agenda for that meeting, how you're going to let that meeting be structured so that you're meeting with all the people who are the key players and the stakeholders in the organization. We talk about continuity of operation. It is vital that, you know, again, the 911 calls are going to keep coming in. They're going to come in on, on, on Friday. They're going to come in, you know, all weekend Monday. You were the deputy on Friday or the chief on Monday, making sure there's a continuity of operation. People in the fire service understand continuity of operation, making sure that you're answering those 911 calls, that things are working, station an operational assessment of the organization to make sure that those things are going. People are going to expect you to answer their 911 calls promptly and professionally. And when the new chief comes in, he needs to make sure, he or she needs to make sure that they're moving the organization forward progressively and professionally, the calls are going to keep coming in, and are we are we maintaining that continuity of operation? Finally, what is the most common challenge a new chief faces when he gets into office? I would say the biggest challenge, and and we do address that, is establishing those contacts, establishing the contacts of people that can work with you to work through your transition, but also become possibly lifelong contacts or, or mentors. I, I tell the story when we've talked about this is that when I came to my current position here at the Manuka Fire Protection District, I contacted a chief nearby that uh, was given, I was given his name to contact him. He, he didn't know who I was, but I was doing that uh, research about the organization, about the community. And I made that phone call even before I entered into my office here at the fire station. So I made that contact and established a relationship there that I'm going to be the new chief. Tell me what you know about the community. Tell me what you know about the organization. Uh, can you tell me what what's working, what's not working? And that establishment then continued for many, many years to this day being here at this organization for a little over 16 years, and, and I still have that contact with that person to be able to work together. And I think when you get in this position, and we provide that within the document, that there's a list of people that you would want to have contact with. And having that contact, we even give you a quick reference. You can write the name down of the police chief and the county sheriff and the state police, the Homeland Security's regional office. You can put down their name, put down their phone number, and be able to have that as a quick reference right here in the in the guidance document. 
identifying those use of re- and use of resources. Just getting to know the people, getting to know the stakeholders, from the public works to the mutual aid chiefs around you, the organizations, the mutual aid associations. Uh, those are the people that you may need right now. And starting to build those relationships early on gets you the resources and the information and a contact person to get to when you need them. And we're about emergency emergency services and providing that service, again, the continuity of operation. So establishing and identifying those resources early on is very important. All right. Great advice. The free book is You're the Fire Chief. Now what? Alianzi, thanks for being with me on Code 3 today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me today. And we put the link to the ebook, You're the Fire Chief, Now What? on our website at code3podcast.com slash newchief. All one word, newchief. Check it out. And this is where I remind you that you can support the podcast by making a monthly pledge. If you get something out of Code 3, please help support it. A buck a month, five, ten, no matter how much, it all matters. Head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support to join the people who have already pledged to support the show. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. This time we discussed what a new fire chief needs to know. I'd like to hear what you think they need to know. Have you run into any that were totally unprepared for the job? What would have helped? Just email me, scott at code3podcast.com, or leave a voicemail at 562-337-9902. I'll read your comments and play them back on a future show. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll be here too. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.